Books, The Final Frontier. These are the discussions of the podcast Sword and Laser, its continuing mission to explore strange new science fiction and fantasy novels, to seek out new characters and new beverages, to boldly read where no one has read before. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to join the mission. everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. <laughs> we bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. It's a serious show about serious science fiction and fantasy topics, folks. Thanks for joining us. What's, what's, our, what's our serious topic that we're going to cover in depth tonight we with our panel of experts and... With a 12-5 Rebel Hard Coffee Pumpkin Spice Latte. It's also, wait, it's also coffee? It has coffee, milk, and some kind of alcohol. So it's a pumpkin spiced latte. It is not. Or spiked, it is a, a pumpkin. limited edition pumpkin spice latte. There's no See, D on the label. It would have been now, funnier if they had called it a pumpkin spiked latte. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a malt beverage with natural flavors and 100% Arabica coffee. Nice. Why are you able or how are you able to drink something caffeinated this late in the evening? Oh, coffee just makes me tired these days at this age. Really? <laughs> kind of. Also, the alcohol doesn't hurt. It balances. Um, and, and, and really, there's not that much coffee in it. It's mostly sugar, so... <laughs> Right. Glad we covered that. Um, Mommy's having her juice. I'm having um, a gun buns and Fendel. <laughs> ah, very good. Very good. Classic. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. Still still drinking through my wine Mommy's club. little helper. No, that's that's like. <laughs> that's like barbiturates Zan- or Xanax, amphetamines. Or, or yeah, yeah. I don't think. It, oh, yeah. Is it uppers or downers? I think it's refer to that. Is it? She goes running for the with, shelter of her mother's little helper. And it gets her well, I'm the also day. thinking of um, calculating stars mm-hmm. because she was taking something for that too, and I think that was for anxiety. So she was taking something that was soothing. So it was a downer, a barbiturate. I think that, mm. yeah, I think that was a downer in that case. Anyway, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just drinking wine, <laughs> self medicate <laughs> the cheap version of that. Um, yeah, gun bun, good stuff. Um, and then we have a comment. For we what have are a, we drinking? What are we drinking? Comment. Wow. All right. Go for it. This is great. Uh, Mark wrote in and said, okay, our hosts have a what are we drinking segment in the podcast, so this news item is fair game, right? Mm. Limited edition vodka coming November 18th. Your choice of Arby's crinkle fry or Arby's curly fry (gasps) flavored (gasps) vodka will go well with a nice fantasy pick for December, says Mark. Oh. (laughs) Okay, before you, before you, oh. uh, wretch, have you ever had pepper vodka? Yes. It's, that's pretty much all this is. How? Because the, the, the crinkle cut fry is salt, which they're probably not putting a whole lot of salt in the vodka and pepper. Hmm. Okay. All right. So this is all right. Hmm. Ma'am, this is an Arby's. There's probably a little like 
I don't know, probably a little something else in there too to give it give it a potatoy, greasy vodka. Who flavor. came up with this idea? I don't know. Arby's. The answer is Arby's. Arby's. Um, we have John the marketers that it is also a potato vodka. Oh which yeah, makes sense. right. That makes sense. John, on theme. well, well, well on put. Theme. Yeah. How did we mm-hmm. miss that potato vodka with a little pepper in it? And boom, Bob's your drunk uncle. Did I ever tell you, or did you know that I worked at a liquor store for a long time? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I knew that. You've mentioned yeah. that. It's funny. I have recurring dreams that I'm visiting the liquor store. Like maybe that's like so funny. a couple times I, a month. That's your half price books. I have you recurring have dreams, dreams about visiting that, that I'm 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 either back visiting half price books or I've been roped into working there again for some reason. Wow. That's so weird. Why do you mm. think why do you think we have these dreams about our like college jobs? Well, how yeah, it was it was grad school for me, but it's still mm-hmm. the same age range, right? There's something about that that I worked like, there for 3 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. That that age, that late 20s or actually not late, early 20s. Um, early to mid 20s that whatever it job was late you had teens, you're early dream 20s about it the rest me. of your life. <laughs> And the funny thing is, is in all the dreams, I go into the liquor store and I'm going to tell them about how I have dreams about them all the time. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're like doubling down. It's not yeah. just, yeah. I, I, I went from having dreams where like, like when I worked at Tech TV and CNET, it would be, oh my gosh, I'm back in Austin and I have to work at the store for some reason. What happened? Now the dreams are I'm always visiting, but I haven't got to the I'm now going to tell them I'm dreaming. <laughs> that's that's good lucid dreaming there. Weird. Yeah. Not lucid enough to know that I'm actually dreaming, though. It's like I'm pretend lucid dreaming. Yeah. Very confusing. It's a cloudy lucidity. Yeah. It's, it's Perhaps anyway. it's a silent like, lucidity. I would prefer more interesting lucid dreams <laughs> than <laughs> returning to my college part-time job. I mean, you, you, this is where you start, you know, something to build on. So yeah, so that that's my fantastical note um, on the Arby's Crinkle Fry discussion. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, let's jump into the quick burns. Jan noted that the winners of the 2021 World Fantasy Awards have been announced. Best novel is Trouble the Saints by Aliyah Don Johnson, and best novella is Riot Baby by Tochi Onyabuchi. Fun, cool stuff. Um, more and more things to add to your TBR. And Jan also says that BookPage's best science fiction fantasy books of 2021 are The Helm of Midnight by Marina Lotzetter, The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornachek, The Tangleroot Palace by Marjorie Liu, A Psalm for the Well-Built by Becky Chambers, mm. Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki, A Desolation Called Peace by Arcady Martin, mm. Remote Control by Nettie Corfor, mm-hmm. Blackwater Sister by Zen Cho, The Inheritance of Orchidea Divinia by Zora, Zora, Zoraida, Zoraida Cordova, and She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. The cool. book page is a uh, is an interesting site. Uh, thank you, Jan, for for passing that along. It it really is just about helping you pick books. It's sort of like, hey, if you don't want to sit through people talking about pumpkin spice lattes and dreams about liquor stores, you just <laughs> wait, want the wait, book wait. picks. Head on wait, over wait, to bookpage.com. There's been a website for me to, to help me do this for the last 13 years, and I didn't know about <laughs> I don't it. know if it's been around all 13 <laughs> years, but yeah. Wow. 
color me feeling stupid. <laughs> uh, That's right. Insta pointed out that a special for the Harry Potter 20th anniversary of the movies, not the books, the movies, is coming to HBO Max on January 1st, 2022. It'll have uh, Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. uh, Emma Watson, uh, J.K. Rowling, apparently not part of it. Uh, but it, it's it's sort of a celebration of the movies, kind of like what they did with Friends on HBO Max, except for yeah, the I'm pretty Potter sure it was going to be all nine Weasley brothers there. Oh wow, that's a lot of Weasley. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> that that is a callback to something most people won't remember, but it's okay. <laughs> and uh, Tama Home tipped us off to a Hogwarts Tournament of Roses game show coming November 28th. Uh, that's hosted by Helen Mirren. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Helen Mirren on TBS and Cartoon Network is hosting a Hogwarts Tournament of Roses game show uh, where basically there's teams for each house. Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, My House of Ravenclaw. The other one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the best for last, you mean. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're all, I mean, Ravenclaw win, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't mm. know. Uh, this is not something that I would participate in because I once thought there were like seven to nine Weasley brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so don't many, put me in your how, tournament. So are, I don't know. I think don't I do this watch to me this. again. Please don't do this to me again. Helen Mirren. Oh, that I want to watch. Hosting yeah. a game show. I, I have a lot of questions. Just like how this happened, mostly. I think she must be a fan. And somebody convinced her it would be fun. Like, you'll never want to host a regular game show, but wouldn't it be fun to host a fantasy game show? But how? Okay. Yeah. Someone. So TBS and Cartoon Network. So like pretty, pretty light, you know, pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is light entertainment. This is not a serious competition, but it's over four days. The competition was serious. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. So I, I think they're actually competing. I don't think it's fake. I need to understand what kind of game show it is. I haven't watched the trailer yet. Did you watch the trailer yet? Mm, it's like quizzes and and tasks and stuff, you know. Okay. They're going to have to catch the Quidditch, I'm sure, at some point, somehow. Well, other fun things uh, to note, Gristle McNerd. Not catch the Quidditch. Quidditch is the game. What am I talking about? How many Weasley brothers are there? I don't know either. (laughs) See, this is why neither of us would be very good in this game show. Turns out, uh, Grizzle McNerd says there's going to be new audiobooks of the Discworld novels featuring big, fancy, famous people as the narrators. And who are some of those people, one may are ask? Are you calling those narrators large? I don't think that's what they're saying. No, I hope um, not. We've got Bill Nighy. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say his name? who was in Underworld and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, as the voice of Terry Pratchett in the footnotes. We've got Peter Serafinowicz, uh, star of Shaun of the Dead and Star Wars as the voice of Death. We have Game of Thrones' uh, Indira Varma, um, Fleabag's uh, Sean Clifford. How do you... Mm, how do you... Mm, that's not how you say that. S-I-A-N. How do you say yeah, that? Sean. Lovely Irish. It is Sean? Sean Clifford. Yep. Okay. And Merlin's Colin Morgan as series narrators. And Andy Serkis is mm. going to be reading the standalone novel, Small Gods. Very cool. I think the Hogfather is in here, too. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh. Just in time mm-hmm. for 
holidays. Uh, Jan's back uh, to tell us that Philip K. Dick's novel Vulcan Hammer has uh, been attached uh, to an adaptation directed by Francis Lawrence, who did I Am Legend and Hunger Games. Uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Vulcan's Hammer is set after a devastating world war when the nations of Earth form the Unity Party and seed global governments to the Vulcan computer system which algorithmically dictates policies for Unity to carry out. However, after Vulcan is attacked and a special agent is murdered, Unity director William Barris is called to unravel the mystery to figure out who or what wants to destroy the system he has dedicated his life to. So you are a big PKD fan. So mm-hmm. uh, is this a uh, particular one uh, favorite this of yours? One, I, this one is not high in my list of favorites, Uh and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't mean to say like, I don't like it. That's not a like, you know, damning it with faint praise sort of situation. It's just, there are so many others that are more unusual. Uh, the, the sort of, and, and maybe it's this one didn't weather as well. So many of his books for decades were still like, nobody has ever told a story like that. Right. Whereas this one feels a little like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You mean like that Star Trek episode or the matrix or, you know, mm-hmm. there's so, mm-hmm. there's so many stories like it. So maybe that's why it, it doesn't stick out of my memory as much. Uh, but certainly people like that kind of story. Uh, and there's some good paranoid, uh, do we trust the computer? Who's really who kind of Philip K. Dick stuff, uh, about it. So I know, um, um, they're, they're, you know, this is still early. They've attached a director, which is good, but, you know, they haven't got to casting or production. So we'll see. It may never even make it out of Hollywood. Well, it's a, it's a good time to be making sci-fi fantasy work. So who knows? Sounds like a pretty cool thing to see come to the big screen. Uh, Athan says the uh, Science Fiction Fantasy Writers of America has named Mercedes Lackey as the 38th Damon Knight Grandmaster. Uh-huh. And uh, very cool. Um I want to note that um, a daemon knight is not a type of knight, like a, uh, you know, like a daemon from <laughs> like a not, demon knight. It's not a demon knight um, mm. or in computer terms, a daemon. Um, right. It is uh, someone it is named after someone named Damon Knight, who was who the founder was of the SFWA. Actually, a computer demon mm-hmm. and a knight. But don't and be confused. Yeah. Do you say the way it's spelled, if it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N, I feel like we had this conversation um, when we read the book. The book um, by um, Daniel Suarez? Yes. Um, whether it's pronounced Damon or Demon. I don't remember I the we, answer. Didn't we end up striking the difference like Damon? Damon. 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 Um, congratulations to Mercedes Lackey. Yes, I'm sorry, Mercedes Lackey. We got very much distracted. Uh, you deserve uh, focus and honor uh, for this. The SFWA um, Damon Knight Grandmaster. Yay, that's great. And what a great picture. She's got like a like a witchy look in the picture, which is awesome. I like it. Andrew P. pointed out that Tad Williams is back on form. On his website, he announced that the third volume of his second Austin Ard trilogy is so massive, it will have to be split and published as two books. You know, we saw Tad Williams introduce Mm -hmm. George R. R. Martin once. So, you know, there's definitely a connection there of people who like to take books and actually publish them as two books, uh, Ted Williams and George R. R. Martin. Uh, That, of course, Andrew P. points out, is in addition to the 300-page novella just published (laughs) to link volumes two and three. 
How do you do that? I mean, that's impressive. I have to say that just means like that. Ted Williams got a lot of story in his head. You know, I have to say, like, I love, I love Ted Williams. Um, one of the first fantasy writers that I really like fell in love with. And I had a really hard time getting back into this series because it really just picks up where it left off. Uh, and for uh-huh. me, having it been like 25 years since I read the first books or however long it was, um, all right, if that makes you feel old, License to Ill came out 35 years ago this week by the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. 35 years ago. When I was 35. 16. Yeah, I was four. <laughs> but anyway, um, we yeah, so what I'm saying, then. we didn't hang out then, no. Um, that would have been weird. But yeah, I so I am just trying to get I tried to get back into the books, but they picked up so easily from where they left off that I was like, I cannot plumb the depths of my memory to remember who these people are and what is happening. Do books need a previously on for series? They need something like I had to go to the Internet and even the Internet like didn't give me enough of a. Like, that's, a, that's a website idea that I don't have time to do. So one of you out there should previously on.com for books, right? Where you can just go to a page and it will summarize just the pre the book prior to the book you're about to read. So you're about to read book three in the series. It'll be Mm -hmm. like in book two, this is the stuff that happened. Maybe a little from book one too, Mm -hmm. if it's necessary Mm -hmm. to understand, but just kind of like catch you up real quick. So you don't have to reread the whole book unless you want to, which is fine. But if you don't want to reread the whole series to catch back up, because but yeah, don't you man, feel like Wikipedia kind of does that a little bit when the plot I mean, summaries? But that's not what it's meant for. The plot summaries give you too much, I think. Sometimes you're like, you just need to know these points. These are the important points. Oh, I like this. I didn't realize that the chat room, uh, every time we go down a, a rat hole uh, that is off topic, they are finding the sci-fi or fantasy connection to that thing to bring it back around. And uh, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves is a song on License to Ill, and that's the fantasy connection. Oh, yeah. See, I mean, obviously we knew that, Thanks, but I'm John. glad you finally figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. I like this game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this game. Okay. Yeah. Keep, st- keep, keep with this it. This is going to we'll, make we'll us want to try to go down more rabbit holes. <laughs> is um, but anyway, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Tad Williams, incredibly prolific. Uh, what a great, what a great author. It's, you now. Is yawn. it though? Cause I just read about Ted. Did Williams you? I thought I did. Being back ah, on form. You didn't. You did. I <laughs> you did. Didn't read that. You did. Yeah. This yawn. is a Philip K. Dick reference where we can't remember what actually happened. Who are we? Who are we? Who even are we? Um, <laughs> We are Jan. Jan says that Shazad Latif uh, from Star Trek Discovery and Penny Dreadful has been cast as Captain Nemo in the upcoming Disney Plus series Nemo, an origin story for the character set prior to the events in Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That would be 5,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the prequel to 20,000. No. Oh, no. Slowly. No. Or is it uh, before they've got a captain for, for the ship, so they're finding Nemo? Mm. That would actually make a lot of sense for Disney Plus. It kind of would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like it a tie-in of sorts. Yeah. They've um, got to have some I mean, kind of tie-in. 
We are Jan. No one can tell us we're wrong. Now it's you. Uh, let's go on to Richard then. Taika Waititi, <laughs> creator of Richard's favorite vampires and mine, is and mine. adding another iron to the fire. He is planning to co-write and direct an adaptation of the graphic novel The Incal by Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius. Uh, I've not read this one, but will definitely put it on my list, says Richard. Uh, and Jodorowsky actually made a video like giving Taika Waititi his blessing. Like, you hmm. go make my graphic novel adaptation that Mobius illustrated into a movie. That's not that he said it much better and nicer and just basically said, Taika's a genius. He should do what he wants with it. But yeah, but t- 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 Jodorowsky's still alive. Yeah, well, I I know because we had to, I had to pronounce his his name two weeks ago when we were talking about his Dune auction. <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait, did we read did this the story Dune two weeks back ago? Back in the like mid seventies. Yeah, yeah, that's when true. I was four. <laughs> that's cool though. I I will probably love anything that Taika Waititi does. So go on, going on, and uh, and Tama also Hone, please make more uh, vampire things. Tamahome posted alongside this uh, a test trailer for an animated version of the Uncal that unfortunately never happened and pointed out that some say the fifth element took things from it, although Mobius designed for the fifth element as well. So that kind of there's a crossover there. Jodorowsky was also the one that wanted to make a crazy version of Dune, of course, that we just referenced. Uh, And a lot of the art from Jodorowsky's Dune ended up making its way into Star Wars. Oh, Wow. There was some there was some crossover there in in like um mock-ups and stuff. So and of course Giger uh worked mm-hmm. on Jodorowsky's Dune and Giger designed Alien. So it, all kinds of things came out of that that Dune project. So yeah. And Giger Giger influence in Dune would have been pretty dope. Yeah. Jodorowsky's Dune would have been crazy. Who knows if it would have been good, but it would have yeah. been impressive no matter what. Have we talked about Dune yet? I mean, did we have we talked about watching Dune? Did we talk about that yet? I thought we did. I've talked about it so much. I can't remember who I talked to it about. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Can't wait for part two. We did. Uh, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm same. Mm. Same boat. All right. Same, same. Well, thank you to everyone who uh, sent in stories for Quick Burns this week. You can do so either by posting in our Goodreads thread or over on Discord in our Goodreads channel. And now, what, 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 what? Oh, do you keep go, going? Go, go, go. Oh, okay, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Mark was what I was going to say. I was like, I was just a little, <laughs> little early. That's all on my breath intake. Uh, Mark uh, in the, says in the last episode, Veronica and Tom discussed craft singles and their use in Korean cuisine, which I found interesting looking online. It's a thing that we actually talked about it on. It's a thing too. Uh, mm. First article I found was about Shin ramen and craft singles. Shin ramen was discussed on Tom's daily tech news show the other day. <laughs> okay, Tom, you're getting a little, you're a, uh... Really covering your bases here. Yeah, I just reuse all the cuts. It's all the same show, basically. Now. <laughs> just different co-hosts. Uh, lately, every time I listen to a podcast, I come away hungry. But back to craft singles and books. This is a book club, after all. There is a craft singles book titled 20 Slices by Ben Denzer. It was acquired by the University of Michigan Art, Architecture, and Engineering Library for one of their special collections. I want to interject here and point out, it is in fact... 
20 actual slices of American cheese <gasps> in its in their wrappers bound into the book. What? So librarian Jamie Vanderbrook didn't realize just how controversial this book would be when she bought it, and it has stirred up many emotions. People had plenty of questions to ask, including, is someone the author of a book that is just made of cheese? Also, what is its subject? (laughs) And is it about cheese if it is cheese? The book is kept Mm. in a controlled environment, uh, but alas, despite their best efforts, mold has set in. Uh, and then Mark says they should have made a meal for library staff out of it. Ugh. Before when it was the book? Yeah. When was the book created? I like how long did it last before it started molding? Yeah, I get the idea. It was a few months and then. Oh, that's not as impressive as I thought it would be. I thought it was like with craft singles, like you individually were thinking wrapped. it was like 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 a Twinkie that lasts through yeah. a nuclear war kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, but Turns out, you can make a Twinkie even, book. As much as you want to make fun of American cheese for being processed, it's still actually made up of cheese. There's still like milk in it. Yeah, they right? the, there's not a whole lot of other additives that aren't cheese to it. So. Yeah. I, oh, I have a cheese story. It's kind of sad. Do you want to hear it? Do you have a sad cheese story? Kind of. I, okay. I was eating nachos the other day, like a week mm-hmm. and a half ago. And afterwards I started feeling sick and I got real sick and I was sick for like four or five days and had to like not go to be at work and stuff like that. I had like a stomach virus and I was like, oh, it can't be related to the cheese. It must have just been coincidental, not food poisoning. And then um, a couple days after I got better, there was still cheese in the fridge Mm. and I ate the cheese again. And I got sick again. No. <laughs> it was the cheese and now I don't want to eat cheese anymore. Oh, that's horrible. That is a that's a terrifying story. That's a Halloween story. And I have a whole unopened bag of the same cheese and it's just I can't eat it because I look at it and I get totally grossed out. Well, you shouldn't eat that cheese. You should get I'm rid of that. I'm not gonna eat cheese. that cheese. Yeah. You should anyway, ditch that cheese. But you I had, shouldn't I give like up I on to cheese entirely. Mm. There's yeah. a cheese out there for you somewhere, Veronica. I hope so. I hope so, because it is my favorite. Um, Jan said, I assume there won't be a YouTube video this week. Uh, editor's note for episode 423. Not a problem. Just wondering. Oh, um, did yeah, the, the I, video not make it to YouTube? I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, maybe it was a problem with the auto upload feature. Um, yeah, because... The, is that how that works? There's an auto upload when we're done streaming on Riverside that just pushes it to the YouTube channel and that failed. Uh, Did you eat cheese? What's wrong? I didn't publish it. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. It's a, I forgot. It's a Verado <laughs> upload. No, no, too close. Bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. Yeah. Bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm the, sorry, uh, I forgot. The, the VB system <laughs> failed, is what we'll say. The VB system failed. Um, I won't make, I don't know if I will get around to uploading that video, but I will definitely upload this video. Just upload them both <laughs> together. Just <laughs> You do it. You do it then. You, <laughs> you do it. So easy, I am mister? busy. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm busy too. Um, <sighs> we also had Rebels. Uh, Ruth led a band 
of of uh, spunky rebels against uh, the imperial overlords of Tom and Veronica, who were with our iron fists uh, picking Nosferatu uh, and and led a, a, a band of misfits. I don't know. You're probably not misfits. We're the misfits. Anyway, there was an alt read in October for people who were like, nope, Nosferatu, not for me. Uh, and they read Mexican Gothic. Uh, and there's yeah. a great little thread over there. So you should go check it out. Uh, the unofficial October alt read Mexican Gothic. It's on our Goodreads. And I had no idea. And I was reading it at the same time. And it, I feel so bad now because I totally would have contributed to this thread. Um, and I loved it. I did. I love it. I liked oh. it a lot. I liked okay. it a lot. All right. I liked it a lot. Um, you had a great time. So I had an, I looked forward to reading it. I got into reading mm-hmm. it and, um, it's the second, excuse me. I'm very burpy right now. Um, it's the second book by um, by the author. Oh my gosh, why am I losing her name right now? Um, Morena Garcia. Mm. Sylvia Moreno Garcia. So yes, thank you, Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Um, second book of hers I've read in the past couple of months, um, and I liked this one even better. Um, so yeah, very good, great book, great Halloween book. Uh, really interesting premise. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but. It was not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> um, so the uh, Mark asked what was the first book that I read, and it was the Vampire in Mexico City one. I can't now I have to go look up the name because now I'm starting to forget things because there's just so many books. skin full of shadows. Nope. Let's do okay. do 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 do. While you look that up, uh what I will say is I love this way of doing alt reads. Uh, I don't know if it needs another name or not because alt read often has meant we're going to read this book, but as an alternate, you can also read this book. It's kind of semi-official where this was in totally unofficial, just self-organized. Y'all should do that. That's what the point of this whole enterprise has been to help expose each other to cool new things. That's why we pick a book to be like, hey, here's a book you might want to try. But we understand that there's a lot of you and not every one of you is going to want to read or even try every book we pick. So if you go and be like, Hey, but I want to read this book. There's lots of people in the club who will be like, yeah, okay. You know, we'll go off in a corner over here and read this book. That's that's awesome. That's what it's all about. So I, I, I adore uh, that this happened. That's why I was trying to cast y'all as the, as the rebellic, you know, the rebel Alliance and we're the empire, but, but really none of us are the empire. We're all Ewoks. Uh, jumping around in our village, telling our stories. I want to be a porg. A porg? Chewy eats porgs. Can porgs read, even? Can Ewoks read? <laughs> Ewoks tell stories. Okay. Um, well, yes, like Tazzy Dave is correct. I guess it was, told the story. Never mind. It was, it was Certain Dark Things um, by <laughs> Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, which oh, cool. was the, the pick that I read previously um, and liked okay. This one I liked. I liked better. I was actually oh, no. surprised by the, the acclaim, I think, that Certain Dark Things garnered. I was surprised. It's a very cult novel, um, I think, because especially because it went out of print for a while. So it garnered mm. a lot of like cult status and people sure, were sure. like super into it. I thought it was just okay. Um, but Mexican Gothic is like very well written, super engaging, uh, really interesting premise and creepy, creepy as heck. Very good. All right. 
Shall we then, uh, w- before we do move on though, a bit of, bit of business. Are we going to wrap Ooh, up and be spoilery? Or are we just going to check in and wrap up and be spoilery on this on in like the 2nd of December? I think we're going to not wrap up tonight. I think it's too early. You I finished, finished it. I have finished. Okay. But it just feels too early. Like 17th well, it's, it's is pretty weird, early. It's weird months where our, yeah. Yeah, where our two week pace puts us smack dab in the middle of the month. So let's on the second do a wrap up <laughs> kickoff episode. Okay. Yeah. We we've done that before. Let's, that, yeah. that sounds good. All right. So we'll make a note to do that. Um, Carry on. All right. So we are Ocean checking Carry. in with Aurora rising the slash the prefect by Alistair Reynolds. Um, Tom has published the book briefing over on Patreon. So if you are a patron, you would have gotten that a wee bit early and been able to kind of dive into that. And I believe you read that last last week or two weeks ago, right? Yeah, we the did the briefing. kickoff on yeah. the last episode. Correct. So the first, um, so yeah, I am finished. It sounds like you are also finished. I am. Um, Man, I mean, I will just say I loved this book. Like, I, I we will not get spoilery into this episode, but like, I am kind of obsessed with this book, and it was fantastic, um, in my opinion. Uh, but Tomahome kicks things off with, uh, "What does Dreyfus look like to you?" And I thought this was just fun because I, as usual, didn't have like a super clear picture of what um, Tom Dreyfus, uh, the prefect, uh, looks like in my in my mind. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at Tomahome's uh, visual aid. On, on what Dreyfus looks like to him. Yeah, he says, I actually think of him with at least a mustache, if not a beard, like a Gandalf, even if that's not the description in the book. Maybe I'm subconsciously thinking of Jose Ferrer because he played a Dreyfus character in I Accuse. Actually, in the book, he seems to have a bulge of neck fat over the back of his <laughs> collar, but I've put that out of my mind. Wait. Tom Dreyfus has a bulge of neck fat over the back of his collar in the book. I don't remember that. Do you that remember that? Vaguely sounds familiar. Now that, now that you, I'm like, I think there's one reference to that. So is Mark's picture of William Conrad more closely on point than to what Tom Dreyfus looks like? I figured of him as being kind of like youngish and spry and like. Oh no! Like a, no. Okay, okay, so almost um, like a like a uh, Dresden looking. Yeah, I I definitely got vibes of Dresden, but I was thinking of him like a skinnier William Conrad than the one that is in Mark's picture. Uh, but but definitely sort of like a a middle age, not old. Not no, but, not old. But a, but a, a middle age, just kind of like you know, been on the beat too long. Maybe not in the best of shape. Not bad though. That's why the Conrad picture I think is a little too far. But yeah, I I, I definitely had him as as uh, it, Dresden's a little too too flash. I think a little too flashy looking. Just yeah, he's a little he's a little debonair. I don't I don't consider Dreyfus at all debonair. The problem is all of the people in these threads are posting pictures of old looking men who I don't know who they are. <laughs> And Forrest they're probably Whitaker. really famous. Forrest okay, I know Whitaker's who Forrest not Whitaker a bad is. call, Tom, Tomahome. But I don't Forrest know. Forrest Whitaker's got the right body type that I'm talking about. Like, at least in the picture that Tomahome posted, where it's like, you know, just a little, not not overweight, but, you know, definitely like, you know, maybe having an extra pickle or two at lunch. I don't know who any of these people are except for Gandalf. 
that's my answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not good with 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 old white guys. I guess I'm sorry. Well, I they think look, a lot of these very aren't, aren't very famous. Okay, that makes <laughs> so, me feel marginally better. Yeah, I don't know who. Like, I I get the ones like Chief Inspector Dreyfus, ha ha ha, and Aurora, ha ha ha, the Norwegian singer. Uh, the other two down there, I don't recognize, except for Gandalf, of course. I think I just kind of have a, yeah. Ooh, a I hint don't know of Charles Bukowski. Okay, is that who that is there? Yeah, I guess that is. Okay. All right. Well, cool. I mean, I don't, I I, I do very generalized picturing. I, I've never been good with, with casting in that way because I get very, like, it's very ambiguous to me. All right, let's go to Jan, uh, who started a thread called Being Thrown Into the Deep End. After I started listening to the audiobook, I realized something. I thoroughly enjoy being thrown into the deep end like this. I enjoy this confusion about the world and what people do and say, and then slowly over the course of the novel, realize what the hell is going on piece by piece. I enjoy coming to realizations and then recontextualizing or reimagining scenes from earlier with the new knowledge I have. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like the realization one might have at the end of The Sixth Sense, although on a much smaller scale. Does anyone else here feel the same? Yeah. And, and Trike says, uh, I don't mind if it's done well. And I think it is here. Sometimes it's really aggravating. But in those books, I find the problem is the author doesn't explain things clearly enough. They know what the intent is, but they have a hard time communicating it. Um, I agree with Trike and Jan uh, here. I think that Alistair Reynolds did it really well. Um, I think there were a lot of things that came up in conversation uh, amongst the prefects and, and the members, other other people of the habitats, um, like ultras, um, like Chasm City, um, like even the glitter band or or any of the the technologies that they use, like whip hounds. They explain whip hounds a little bit, um, but a lot of those other things. I mean, Chasm City is never really explained all that much we just know that it's a place outside of the glitter band we know yellowstone also similarly is another place outside of the glitter band um we don't know really much at all about the origin of the the ultras or um or uh what's the other ones called um the even more high-tech ones that clepsydra was a member of um Conjoiners. Thank you, Tom. Oh, the conjoiners. Yeah. 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 Um, And so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff like that where in the, the initial part of the book, you're like, what is that? And you can kind of get the context from the conversation. uh, But it isn't until later that you start learning a lot more. And I think overall with the plot, he does a really great job of setting things up and then explaining or coming back to them later. I think the only thing that they don't do that for, and there's a thread about this in the forums, is hyperpigs. <laughs> and apparently hyperpigs are never like explicitly explained in the Revelation Space like series. Um, and so I'm I'm oh so Chasm City, sorry, is on Yellowstone. Okay. So that's I I didn't even know that. I thought those were like separate places. Um, and maybe that even gets mentioned later in the book, but I didn't put those two together. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a lot happening outside of the the orbit of Panoply and the Glitter Band and the, you know, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 habitats that that uh, are, are included in that space. Yeah, it's a book that you have to pay attention to. You cannot mm-hmm. just uh, just let your mind drift while you read it. It's this is this is a a focused read because Chasm City, for instance, 
you know it's a city on Yellowstone when they talk about descending to Yellowstone and saying, well, we're not going to land near Chasm City because mm. dot, dot, dot. But that's mm-hmm. really the only time that it be. And even then, it's not explicit. You're deducing like, oh, well, I guess that means Chasm City must be on on the surface of Yellowstone, which I, I only bring up as as a, an example of just how easy that is to like let that to skip. Mess. Yeah. Uh, and because it's not important to where they're going, they're going somewhere else. Right. They're, yeah. And, and so you're like, well, that's not really important. So a lot of those little things are in, in the margins. What makes that okay to me is when those things in the margins that are left unexplained aren't important. Now I know that some people are going to, that's going to drive them crazy. They're going to like, no, but I want to know hyper pigs. I want to know where they came from. And I, I kind of adore that Alistair Reynolds is like, well, no, you don't. It's never going to be essential <laughs> yeah. to understanding my story. It's not important. And in real, in in a real world, you don't always know the answers to everything. So it adds a sense of realism uh, and texture to that to that world building to do that. And I, I and I think being thrown in the deep end the way he does also makes that world feel bigger than it is. It makes it feel not bigger than it is, but it makes it feel big from the outset. Like, oh, okay, I'm I'm visiting the glitter band. I don't even know what the glitter band is, you know, but I guess I'll figure it out as I go along. Like you are you are in a brand new world and it gives you that feeling. If it's done right, everything about that world that is going to be essential, you'll be introduced to you'll you'll have it clarified shortly before it becomes essential, right? You'll you'll yeah. know it well enough. Like, for instance, with uh Arminier, uh, the, the sort of like he walked in and then was pulled back to the normal seven feet. You're like pulled back by what, who? And then slowly they're like the tether grabbed him like, Oh, there's a tether. And then, you know, you, then you get introduced to why there's a tether. And then you get introduced to, Oh, that tether is for X. Uh, and, and any more would be spoilery, but it's it's so well done where you're like tether. Why is it getting pulled back? And I want to know. And and you're told before you need to know. But by by the time you need to know why that's there, you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like it 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 all becomes clear. And I I I think that's a that's a nice little. I don't know. He's almost like a a a, a clockmaker in the way he puts all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yon thought that was funny. All right, <laughs> moving on. Mal J. King says over on Discord, seems like a lot of people are really loving this book and the universe it sets in. Add me to that list. Alistair Reynolds has long been on my TBR, but I've never really looked into what he's written, and I'm trying to keep it that way until I'm finished this book. Can see myself adding whatever else he's done to my pile. I feel like I shouldn't be surprised at how many people are enjoying this, but I'm kind of surprised by how many people are enjoying well, why this. Why are you surprised? <laughs> because, and and this isn't why we haven't read Alistair Reynolds. It's just, it's one of the things of doing a show like this is there's just too many good authors. Uh, and, you, and you have to, you know, try to balance things and, and all of that. We've talked about that before. But when we have done some authors that I consider not the same as Alistair Reynolds, but like the same level of, of fame and appreciation and accolades like Ian Banks, mm-hmm. uh, even like Octavia Butler, we'll get a part of the uh, audience who are like, yeah, I know this is really famous and, and, and has won awards, but I don't like it X, you know, because of that. And I really thought this might be like that. Um, I, I really thought there might be a, a part of this. Maybe it's because it's more recent. 
Maybe that's all it is. Maybe, maybe I don't just, know. Maybe because because in both those cases, Ian Banks and Octavia Butler, those were older books. They were they were books written, you know, not within the last fifteen years. And this one was uh, two thousand seven. Yeah. So I this think one somewhere is, around there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I've got it in here somewhere. I think it was the two um, thousands. Yeah. Oh, did I not put it? The actually, look at me just blowing it. <laughs> Yeah, I, think I it's, don't think it's, I put the actual publication. Well, while the, you the look original. that up, because um, it was republished I, in 2020, that's that was the problem. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about the initial the initial yeah. publish for as the prefect. Um, I just really feel like Mark in the chat says the mystery format has a broad appeal. I agree with that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I got it right. Um, yeah, it's 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 got that mystery. It's got that like gumshoe, like Raymond Chandler vibe. It's got like uh, Dreyfus is li- very likable. He's a very likable character. Um, he's got that kind of gruff, rough, get it done attitude, but also that like warm heart for Talia and for Sparver and Sparva, and as it's pronounced in the audiobook, um, and. You know, it's it's he feels like I think a few times I was like, oh, I wish Tom was my dad, not you. Oh, God, that's going to be the yeah, that's going to be the episode name, isn't it? <laughs> we I have the power to not make that be the episode. Don't name, make so I'm going to not make that be the episode name. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of like all of the side quests, I think, were super interesting, like Talia's side quest, Jane's side quest. We're not wrapping this up right now, but it's, you know, there was a lot to like, I think. And it, it did feel current, you know, and also I think I noticed I, I I was watching, I've been watching Foundation at the same time that I've been reading this book. And mm. man, am I getting those two worlds confused in my mind because there are a lot of similarities um, that we can maybe talk about in the wrap up episode. Yeah, I'm trying to find, I guess it was Terra Nullius was also, wasn't that also a um, mystery? Mm, no, not really. It was a murder kind of, mystery, right? Uh, no. No, in Terra Nullius, the boy is just running, the, the mystery is like, what is this world and who are these settlers and what is going on and and the boy ran away and they're trying to catch him and yeah i don't really remember it being very mystery like okay so that's oh finder finder was a mystery suzanne finder Palmer. was a mystery yeah and finder people, was definitely a mystery people definitely didn't like like that book and i was i, I was surprised hmm. that they didn't like that book i wonder why so i cuz you're you're all right to say like oh it's 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 got a a compelling and likable main character it's got a good mystery and all that stuff but I f- I was trying I to figure out like there's got to be books that we've read before that you could say that about where people were still divided you know Tom um, sometimes I just think some books are better than other books well I think that's just what it comes down to everybody thinks that about a whole different range of books usually mm-hmm. what you think are good books and are bad books won't overlap with everybody else, which is my explanation for why we're always have such a divided reaction because we just Mm -hmm. have so many people that it's like, well, yeah, it makes sense. So when it's tilted where, where you have more people going, yeah, I also think this is a good book. I'm always curious what it is about that. Uh, and, and 
And I don't think we, I don't think we're drilling down uh, to that yet. Cause it can't be just that it's a mystery. Maybe it's just a combination of a bunch of things. Maybe it's a good writing style. That's that, that kind of hits the center of everybody without, without leaving anybody out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, I'm trying to edit I your, an I don't have an answer either. And I think you're right. It's very subjective. Um, you know, it's a curious question of like, are there books that are just objectively better than other books? Probably. Um, I, I don't think so. You don't think I, so? I, I don't think there's a science that you can say that book will, uh, you know, otherwise everyone would write, like people would have figured that out and everyone would write per- objectively good books. Like, that's a good it, question. I, because it, reading is a subjective experience. That's why I don't think that's true. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can objectively prove me wrong. But I, I think because I've read a book and loved it and then later read a book and hated it and vice versa, uh, I think we all know that we are the experience you bring into a book can make it good or better. Now, can certain things set up a book to be enjoyed by more people? Absolutely. There, there, are, there are do's and don'ts of, of writing. I'm not trying to be a total relativist on that. Uh, but, I, but I think you can write the book that follows all the best rules of a story and still have someone go, yeah, I didn't like it because of the uncontrollable part, which is what you bring in to reading that story, your own experiences and how it lands with you. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Cool. I gave you a uh, fun one. We've got, yeah, we've got this last one. Who's this from? It's, I just edited it. Oh no, it went back. It was John Nevitz. Oh, thanks, John. Uh, finished the audio book last night on the ride home. I think I had a few hours to spare before the auto returned to the library. I both remembered and misremembered parts of the story from when I originally read it. I did still like it on the reread. It is a good story, and I could see why he made a sequel. Even after reading this, I'm surprised with the rename, but it may make more sense to the series. I was actually surprised he didn't call them the Clockmaker Chronicles. I liked the alliteration. To which, to which Tama Tom always said. wrote, Aurora Ascending. <laughs> And then Gristle McNerd said Dreyfus dramas. And Tamahome's Sparvers, Sparva's speculations. To which T.T. Lintz said Dreyfus's dreadfuls. Tamahome's Dreyfus's denouement. Deseo says Prefect's progress. Tamahome, Jane's pain. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> and yay. then Deseo's Do Supreme Prefects Not Dream of Electric Scarab Implants? <laughs> Winner. I think winner, you win, winner, Deseo. chicken dinner. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Maybe that's the title. Maybe that's the title. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you so much to everyone who backs our show. If you want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on the Instagram and Twitters at Sword and Laser. And you can join in on this. Uh, and you can join in on yeah. the discussions Do at goodreads.com slash sword and laser. Tonight. Frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.